Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we get started, we just wanted to include a trigger warning for this episode. Um, this episode could include a discussion about some themes and topics that might be upsetting, um, including but not limited to things like substance abuse, suicide, self-harm, disordered eating, and harassment and assault. So if any of those topics are too upsetting, we totally get it. Um, please feel free to skip this episode and join us next week. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy Hi, welcome back for another super exciting episode of Analyze Scripts because we have, we have, we have a big week here today, okay? <laughs> you might call her a medfluencer. I have recently learned about this term. Have you heard about this term? Um, we have Dr. Z here, Dr. Jamie Zuckerman. She is a licensed clinical psychologist and national expert in narcissistic abuse. She is a highly sought after relationship coach for those experiencing narcissistic abuse, as well as the sole owner and founder of the Z Group, a private therapy practice specializing in anxiety, depression, and complex relationship dynamics. She's also the author of two interactive workbooks. Um, her first workbook is titled Find Your Calm, a workbook to manage anxiety, and it garnered so much success that she was able to pen a second one called Find Good Habits, a workbook for daily growth. She is an accomplished and active media contributor, as well as an influencer 
influential social media personality in the mental health space. And we are so excited (laughs) to talk to her about narcissism because as we've done this podcast the past year, we keep talking about narcissism. It's in all of the popular media, White Lotus, Succession, You, basically everything. And today we're talking about Saltburn, which is like a super hot movie right now. (laughs) And um, just as a little fun fact, I pitched this idea for this movie to Dr. Z. And I was like, I haven't seen it yet. I hear that there's something weird that happens in a bathtub. I hope it's not too weird. LOL. And then she got back to me and was like, I watched it this weekend. Dot, dot, dot. It was something. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, and I was like, oh, no. What did I do? <laughs> and then I watched it this past weekend. And I was like, oh, it was something. <gasps> so we could just start with the bathtub, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the bathtub scene was rough. I mean, um, well, I guess it depends. Yeah. Some people say it wasn't. I saw on TikTok this 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 popular video that was like, there's, I, and I, you know, I kind of disagree with it, but they're like, there's two kinds of people. Like one who like, you're kind of getting nauseous from the bathtub scene and another one who you're like going into your bedside drawer after. Get the, turned on. And I was like, hmm, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think I'm just more of like thinking of um, the drain like yes. and what's in the drain it wasn't like oh it it, it was just, it, like that's where my brain went so I guess I'm you know I'm I'm not one of those girlies but it's okay like I'm okay germs. with that I'm okay with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, so let's, we'll back up a little bit we'll ease into sulfur we'll get to the bathtub scene yeah um but so anyway if you've been living in under a rock this is a movie that just came out 2023 written and directed by emerald fennel has an all-star cast mm. um and it i have to say i don't know dr z did you ever watch the show you yes oh thank god we love See, that show i uh, i don't know i mean i love him i'm just not i'm not a fan of it i can't what? i know <laughs> i know i and i love him and i think the acting's phenomenal i just i don't know I can't get into it. I watch it, though. I watch it. I definitely watch watch it. Did you watch season four? Because this plot reminded me a lot of season four of you. Uh, Which one was season four? The most recent one that they split up into two parts. It happened in London. Yeah, in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he Mm -hmm. went to find her. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole, like, eat the rich thing. Yes, 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 yes. It reminded me a lot of that. But also, I feel like in our culture, we, like, love this plot. Hmm. Right? We love yes. this plot. Like yes. a, what we think is like a normal person. Or... It's like a seeking revenge type yeah. thing. For one, I'm not quite, you know, for various reasons, but like a seeking revenge, almost like uh, because I'm not where you are, because I didn't have the advantages you you did, which, you know, obviously it, that is what, you know, oftentimes what happens. So um, I look at you more as, um, he's he's more on the kind of antisocial personality yes. disorder. Yes. He you know, he gets he gets yes. pleasure from yes. doing these right. He's he it's not I mean yes it's about power and control, but his primary aim is to harm people. Yes. Like oh, to physically yes. harm people. So I yes. think that there's they overlap obviously but the but the underlying function is different. Exactly. And I yeah. think that's what I'm so excited to talk about with you today is you know, where does narcissism end and sociopathy begin? And, and mm-hmm. right, and it's not always clear, but like mm-hmm. we love to talk. It, we, in terms of me and Portia, apparently like to analyze this a lot. And apparently, like Americans like to watch this because yeah, we're yeah. seeing it in yeah. all the shows, succession, yeah. you know. So, mm-hmm. to give a quick rundown of the plot so we have Barry Keoghan, 
amazing actor mm-hmm. playing Oliver Quick, the main character. Um, and then we have Jacob Alordi playing Felix. He, was he the one who was in Euphoria, Portia? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have Rosamund Pike playing Elspeth Catton, who mm-hmm. I just loved her character. Yeah. Loved her character. Oh, my God. And loved and hated. Loved and hated yeah. all, all together in one. <laughs> so that's so nice that you can hold on to good and bad simultaneously. Yes. You know? Yes. I don't think she can. Yeah. You know? No, uh, I don't either. <laughs> But also, I love, like, things about the media that I love when they get it so right is, like, yes. even her, her name is not Elizabeth. It's Elspeth. It's Elspeth. Mm-hmm. You know, it is special. And she doesn't like very disgusting special. things. And I was like, no. Well, like, and she, she puts that on her children and demands her children mm-hmm. to have a certain appearance to appease mm-hmm. her, you know, which is very interesting because – we can get into this later, but if somebody has OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, right, and they don't like germs, or that to the point where it's a dis- you know it's a dysfunction, mm-hmm. OCD causes a significant amount of you know distress, dysfunction. There's shame, there's guilt, yes. and so what's interesting about her is that there's no shame and guilt associated with hers. In mm-hmm. fact, she views it as that's how everybody should be to the point where she expects her children to follow that. That's mm-hmm. different. That's more in lines of obsessive compulsive personality disorder, which actually has nothing to do with OCD. It's just the name. Oh, so it's I very interesting. It's yeah. a good Super interesting. Which I think, you know, everyone throws around, which we know. Oh, we, yeah. we, we're I'm, I always say to people, if you – if you say I'm so OCD, you You're you, you are not OCD. Mm-hmm. You're right, not you because not somebody somebody with OCD right. wouldn't they, they don't get pleasure from it. it it's debilitating for them. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. That's yeah. so true. That's mm-hmm. so true. And and the um, the kids also like they have to um like help their friends follow that too, right? He gives him the yes. razor. He's like, you have, we have to be clean shaven yes. for mom. Yes. And I'm I'm assuming that all of her friends, you know, do that as well. And Correct. you know. It's just, yep. it's and interesting. like have to, right, to be in her orbit. And, yes. But everyone still wants to be in her orbit, right? Because she's just that special. <laughs> yes. Oh, Correct. I cannot yeah. wait. So just to round out the cast, we have Richard Graham playing Sir James Catton. I thought he was hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. I just loved him. We have Archie um, Mattaquay. I might not be pronouncing that correctly, playing Farley. Allison Oliver playing Venetia. Even their names are special. Mm-hmm. Felix and Venetia, mm-hmm. you know. We have Carrie Mulligan playing Pamela, a very normal name. Yep. You know? Pam. And then yeah. she's just Pam. She's <laughs> just Pam. Just Pam. Might as well be Karen, you know? That's exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have Ewan Mitchell playing Michael, who is like that initial friend, right? Who was yes. like a little Yes. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Almost oh like he knew mm-hmm. something was off a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So where do we want to get started, guys? you tell me why don't we start with like the college experience and like you know how they met and just like you know farley's mean behavior and and self-importance and all of that stuff because i think the the college part until the end and i really didn't see i only saw the like crazy um scene spoilers like oh the bathtub and then like the grave but i didn't know the story so so the college seemed so normal like oh this this poor kid who like you know, doesn't have a lot of friends. He's, he's at Oxford, probably on scholarship, you know, like his clothes are not that nice. And, oh, he meets this friend who like kind of suits him. Like they're both like, you know, really intelligent, like school's really important and they see the cool kids over there. Like it feels so normal. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the bike scene, you know, and I think we'll probably go back and forth with like, you know, the timetable just cause I, yeah. I think to me learning that Oliver 
manipulated the bike scene was so shocking to me. Um, that I feel he, like you know, I pegged comes, him. I didn't then. I well, did. Well, I did. I did see that, but the bike was so so thoughtful. Like the plan was so clear and like mm-hmm. concise that mm-hmm. I was just. I was. That's why when people say, it. "Do narcissists know what they're doing?" I'm like, yes. Mm. So tell us. Tell us more, <laughs> yes. Jersey. Tell yeah. us more. So I think I realized what he was like when he went to the bar. They didn't invite him. It wounded his ego to a level of excess, right? He was like walking in the street, turning around, going back, turning around, going back. Should I go back in? Should I not go back in? Whereas like if any one of us weren't invited somewhere and we went out and we saw people, we'd be like, ah, oh, screw them. Or we'd go and be like, oh, thanks for inviting me. He took that and internalized it and took it to a whole different level. Um, like like rage, you think? So what I think happens was when he saw that, when I, uh, that kind of triggered for me, his, not that he was a narcissist necessarily, but that his emotional response was disproportionate to the situation. Uh-huh. And anytime yeah. you see that as, you know, it's just an indicator that something's not aligned. Like even for myself, if my reaction to something is larger than the situation, I know I'm probably responding there might to be that a wound. plus something else. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I could have had an argument with somebody the night before that really upset me. So I, you know, snapped because my kid left their jacket on the floor, you know, something right, like that. Right, right. So um, it was when the girlfriends or whoever um, Felix One of the was, girls. Yeah. Went, one of the girls. And um, he, he slept with her. And I knew in that when he said like, do you want me to have alcohol? I was kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, and he took mm-hmm. her upstairs and, and that was it. And she was doing it because she was jealous because she wanted to make him jealous. And she actually said that. Right. I know. And his response, that's what solidified it me. His response was, I don't even think it's going to register. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and he did that on purpose. That's what I realized. Because one, if he was that passive and meek and of a person and that insecure, he never would have done that. Right. He's so trying to get liked and fit in. That's the last thing he would have done. Right. Do you think he was trying to get liked and fit in or like get one over on Felix or get back at him? No, I think, you know, I think none of the above. Okay. I think that he didn't consider Felix at all, which is why his response is, I don't think it's going to register at all because he just assumes he feels that way. Everybody feels that way. It's just, she's just an uh, object, right? Okay. Like nobody, he's not considering anybody else's feelings. I see. Because if he wanted to get like, if, uh, you know, if, if I'm him and I like want to have sex with her, I would be like, Oh yeah, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. Like he'll care. Like it, cause I, I want to get my need met and maybe that's so messed up. But like no, the, fact, correct. the fact that he said that was such in, in opposition to what like a typical person in that situation would do to like, exactly. like or it'd be like, we can't tell him, we can't tell right, him what's happening. Right. Please don't tell him. You know, that was not even, that wasn't even there. It was a weird I mean, thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally, I also feel like it was a weird thing to say, especially because that he's not getting laid. So he's not like doing himself a favor there. Correct. But, I also wondered if he pegged Felix and if he, like, I think he was right. Like, I think if they had slept together, I don't know if it would have registered for Felix. I don't think Felix really cares. I think the girl cares. Right. Mm. So I was like, is he sort of like, he's seeing Felix for who he is, but 
it doesn't have the social awareness not to know not to say it. You know, I don't think so. Don't? I don't, I really don't. I, I, now I don't know if the first time I saw it, if that was exactly, but now that I know the rest of the movie, yeah, I don't think he gave a shit about either. Way. either uh, yeah. I really don't I think he gave mm-hmm. a shit about her, the, Felix, that he was, I think he looked at her as an object, an object like Felix didn't want you. And so whatever, I'm just, yeah, why not? Kind of mm-hmm. thing. I see. You know? So I wonder why Felix like, why him? I mean, I think – so here's here's a myth that a lot of people have about narcissists and relationships. There's a lot – a lot of times narcissists, they don't – it's not a matter of sexual preference. It's a matter of control and power. Hmm. So oftentimes narcissists, they don't – you know, in romantic relationships, you hear this a lot. And I don't, people don't really talk about it that much. Sometimes when you're talking about sex, like intimate, they're not, not that they're intimate, but sexual relations, um, because they look at people at objects, sometimes the, 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 the male, female, that's like not there. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Mm-mm. So I think with Felix and this, again, a myth that a lot of people have about narcissists is that narcissists routinely go for or are attracted to draw into people who have no backbone, people who are, you know, kind of meek that have no opinions that are people pleasers. And but it's not really always the case. And it's more not the case than – so Felix was this tall, handsome – Everybody wanted to be around him. Ethereal. And you hear yeah. him talk in the beginning. Everybody wanted to be around him. The girls, the guys, everybody loves him. So he expla- he describes him like that. Narcissists are routinely drawn to people who are attractive, successful, wealthy, in the limelight because they want that. to be that – in that mm-hmm. world, right? And they want to, and you see that all throughout the movie with 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 Oliver. Um, they want that, but the most important thing is that not only do they want that, but if a narcissist goes for somebody who's very meek and very, um, you know, people pleaser, low self esteem, there's nothing to break down for them. There's no supply oh. they get from that. Oh, I so, just got chills. Yeah. So if you oh. go for someone that's like a Felix, <gasps> there's so much room oh. to knock them down and take credit for that knockdown. Oh, I, so I literally just why. got chills. Yeah. It's so eerie, but you're so yeah. right. Because I think a part of it is, you know, is thrilling, right? Like that whole process. So oh, if, they if, get if supply from that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so if someone's not, yeah. you know, able to offer anything and they're kind of already Correct. there, it's like, well, what's the point? I, I can. And that's, that's why they're an object. Yeah. yeah. That's why they're an object is what oh. can you, what can I get from you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so 100%. Dr. Z, can you say a little more for, for our listeners? What do you mean by supply? And what do you mean when you say narcissist? Because as I'm sure you know, these words, just like OCD we're talking about a second ago, they just get thrown around these days on TikTok, on Instagram, everywhere. And it's not someone taking a lot of selfies, you know? So it's it's a little different, you know? So Mm -hmm. how would you describe it? And how would you describe that supply? Because that's going to be really important as we keep talking. Yeah. So supply is just another way to say, um, you know, what a narcissist is getting from a person at any given moment. And that can look like do I have access to your thoughts right now? Do I have access to your emotions? Am I responsible for changing your emotions right now? You know, are you thinking about me even if I'm not present? Um, are you? Am I able to get you to change your behavior because of something I did? So it's it's basically really what what I'm able to get from somebody in that moment. And when I no longer can get that from you, I move on to somebody else. If I, you know, or if you've got nothing left to give me. If, if I have sucked you dry, 
I move on to the next. And you see that in the movie. Yes. He knocks down every person and just moves on to the next. And, you know, with narcissists, narcissists accumulate people like objects. And what they'll do is they kind of leave them on the shelf. And when they're bored with one, they put it back up on the shelf. They take another one down. And they always have these people in their orbit constantly. So even though you may be done with a narcissist, they still continue to view you as they own you. You're part of their orbit. And they will just try to pick you up again when they need something from you in that in that moment. And so that's kind of how that supply works. If I think of it as like a, a fuel pump, right? So yeah. if you're a car going to a gas station, you, you get all the gas from the one pump. And then when you need it again, if you go back to that gas pump and there's nothing left, well, you're not just going to like sit there in your car and not move. You're going to go find another gas station and fill up until that other gas station gets replenished. And you just kind of keep going around. Otherwise, you're empty and you're left with yourself. And narcissists cannot do that because there's so much shame and guilt and they hate themselves. And so they're constantly taking from other people to get that fill to use as kind of like a barrier between you know, themselves and experiencing it. Right. Something we've talked about before in prior, in a lot of prior episodes is about how people with legitimate narcissistic traits or narcissistic personality disorder really lack that ability to maintain a true sense of their self, right? So they're constantly relying on that supply or on that, you know, external input to like fill themselves like they can't do it on their own and the Mm -hmm. same thing with like their object relations like Mm -hmm. you're talking about they can't tolerate Mm -hmm. holding on to good and bad parts of themselves they Mm -hmm. have to be all good at all costs Mm -hmm. no matter what and that's where we start seeing the projection the deflection that's right all of this the icky stuff yes and it's just like if you're in their way like just you're just wait for if you're in their way you're you're kind of just a casualty i mean you're you're if you're in their way you know, and again, this is one of the differences I think between somebody like in a you, right? The character in you is that people often, I know this is going to sound weird, but oftentimes a narcissist priority isn't to deliberately like hurt somebody, but it's to gain power and control at any given moment. And however they need to do that, they're going to do that. And if it's yeah. you're in their way and they need to hurt you in order to get that power and control, that, that's what they're going to do. So if, right. if, if they need power and control and you're the object, they're going to do whatever they can to get power and control over you. Right. And if they hurt you or you get upset or you get affected by that, well, that's your problem. They didn't do anything right. wrong. And that's where the gaslighting comes yeah. in, right? Correct. That's where the denial, that's where all yes. of it And they know in. they're doing it. I mean, they, they know. They, they do? Oh, yeah. You think, you think always. I think that the only times they don't know that they're doing it is because it's such a habitual pattern that they're doing it habitually. But if you, here's the difference. Like, let's say, so I have, it's interesting. So I have a few patients who upon initial evaluation, right, they definitely demonstrated narcissistic tendencies and, and, and I'm like, you know, okay. And narcissists don't stay in therapy, right? So they'll go for a session because they have to, or it's court mandated or whatever the case may be. They don't stay. No. And so, 
what you end up seeing is either somebody who's a narcissist or somebody who demonstrates narcissistic qualities because they were raised by a narcissist or because they were raised in a toxic situation. But that doesn't mean they're a narcissist. And the difference is when these patterns are brought to their attention and when you say, when you you work with them and realize you're hurting other people that you're supposed to care about. And they're like, I don't want, I don't want to hurt other people. I, I didn't, you know, oh my God, I didn't realize I do this. And I and they work to change it because they don't yes. want to be like that. They don't want to yes. hurt the other people. Whereas a narcissist, a true narcissist, they they don't they don't care. care. Yeah. So so they're not even brought... gonna still be there to hear you no. say that to them. Correct. They, it's so, like that's right. They'll get mad so, at your late fee. They'll get right. mad so, at it, exactly. And <laughs> exactly. so when that's a hundred percent when they cancel, they'll be like, I'm not mad. How could they charge like so the point is, is that somebody who is a narcissist, when it's brought to their attention, the harm that they're causing, their response isn't, oh my, I didn't realize, I want to work, I wasn't aware of that. They're, they know exactly what they're doing because there's no motivation to change. Right. They, they don't, it's not going to happen. And so, oh. yes, they know, they know what they're doing. Because as, as Portia said, the bike scene, how can you tell me you don't know what he's doing? Of course he knows. The whole thing he knew what he was doing, right? right. It was all plotted. All of it. Oh, plan. And that's where I start to wonder, right? Like some, like, I, I'm going to say this and I hope this doesn't come across as weird, but I guess like in my neurotic mind, I'm kind of like, God, how freeing to just like <laughs> be able to do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> like, just not care. I'm always like, oh, no. I'm always like, oh, no. Oh no, like, you know, I'm just like, I kind of am like, ah, like, yeah. and I, I will say like when, when you encounter people like this in your life or with patients, like I've, I have treated a few people with NPD and they talk about these like arguments they have. And there's a part of me that's like, Damn. I wish I could. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Wow, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, not really, but I'm just like, but I, wow. no, I understand what you're saying. And I think, I think the, the, the key difference between what you're saying and what a narcissist would do is that. You talk about the freedom because I know exactly what you mean. The freedom yeah. to just say and do like what's on your mind. The mm. difference is, is that that's more of, of being um, like kind of uh, just, yeah, like just being able to say what's on your mind with no repercussions. The difference between what you're talking about is you don't mean if I want to – be the first one in line at Target when they release the Valentine's Day Stanley bugs or whatever they were, <laughs> right? That, you know, you're not going to go in shoving old people and children over and injuring them to get to the front of the line and not caring. Well, they were in my way. And if you really want to be in the front line, you would have pushed me back. Yeah. Ooh. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, right. No, I That's, would not do right. that. Exactly. Exactly. 
Correct. So that's the, that's the difference, right? Like you don't wish you could do that. You mean you, I wish I could just say what's on my mind and not yeah. overanalyze. Exactly. You know, you just, like, you don't want to yeah. worry. Yeah. And a lot okay, of great. characters that so we talked about. So it's official. I'm not a narcissist. You're not a narcissist. No, oh, it's okay. official. After all the celebrations all across the board. <laughs> Katrina, I think that Dr. Z just said something that is so, we talk about a lot on this podcast of like yeah. the uber rich and like yes. these, these yes. environments yes, 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 that yes, yes, create yes. narcissistic traits that don't necessarily yes. mean you have narcissistic personality disorder. And I think if I'm like, you know, ranking people in this movie, it's like I could see, you know, on paper, like Felix, Venetia, Elspeth, you know, Sir James, Farley, like they all have some traits of entitlement. 100%. You know, they all have these traits, but like yes. I think a lot of them aren't you know true and you know have npd it's a function of their environment like felix i feel like felix really demonstrates that he's just walking Mm -hmm. through his man you know the castle like oh here's the library here's yes you know he has a sense of morality we see yes he has a moral compass Mm -hmm. right right yes exactly And and i even think that that i even think the mom (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, <love> her. <laughs> I I think that she's a product of that just mm-hmm. next level wealth and that entitlement. I don't think she's even aware of how disconnected from reality she is. And I think that if taken out of her bubble, I think she wouldn't be able to function. Right. Whereas a narcissist, if taken out of their bubble, they'll adapt. Oh, and we oh, see him such do shows. that. Right. We see him like, you know, immediately kind of be this this person who I wouldn't blink twice at if I was at his birthday party. I'd be like, oh, yeah, who is he? Is he this like, you know, sir, whatever from this other, you know, country. But, oh, his his scene with Venetia when he and her have, you know, a a sexual moment and he is like telling moments, right? You're not going to grow up anymore. Right. Like he's all of a sudden he's like, see that creeps me out. That creeps me out more than the blood. Tell you why him standing. Did you ever see the movie, the secretary? No, but I want to. Okay. We got to cover that portion. So, so, I hate even bringing this up. I watched the documentary on Arm, um, Army Hammer. I don't know if you guys have watched that. Mm-mm. Not yet. No. Talk about oh, okay, we're- intergenerational narcissistic personality disorder. Holy crap. Like the oh most God. disturbing family I've probably – I. That, that's mm. saying a lot coming from you. So <laughs> Army Hammer was talking about they, one his many girlfriends or whatever. They were, we were talking about how he's obsessed with this movie, The Secretary. And I was like – of course he is. Like, so in the movie The Secretary, um, with James Spader, who was like one of oh. my like this, I'm gonna age myself, but like he is just mm. so <laughs> anyway, not now, but he was. We- <laughs> so he would dictate to her what she was allowed to eat and what she wasn't allowed to eat, and say, You're gonna eat one pea for dinner. One, you're gonna eat two bites of this, and he like it was this like weird kind of control relationship and she thrived off of that. And so with Nisha, you, when he leaned over and he said to her, and as we know, eating disorders are super shame-based, right? And they're super guilt-based and they are, no one talk. If you have any, you don't talk about it. You do everything you can to hide it. Like, so it's such a vulnerable diagnosis. And so and the person's sense of self is so vulnerable. So when he leaned over, he didn't look at her. 
He went behind her ear and leaned over and was like, you're not going to throw up anymore. Almost like, I know the dirty parts of you. Yeah. And continued with that dirty parts of you through the sexual, like through that part of it. And the whole thing was dirty and it wasn't like kinky. It was, it was different. It wasn't like, okay, like we're going to be intimate. I have my period. I don't care. It's fine. Like we've been together. It's natural. That was not this. Right. This was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, this sounds really, and this is where the army hammer piece comes in. I don't want to give it away why it's connected, but it's almost like I'm going to like consume you. I'm going Mm -hmm. to like, like your mind. Oh, like such a degree. Like a mom. But also- like later than we see. That was, yeah. the, that, that was the best description. And you oh see God. the way he was with Venetia is is kind of how I look at the bathtub scene. Like I'm mm. going to consume you. Right. Yeah. Right. Literally. So there's n- literally nothing left of you. Mm. And then I move on to the next one. Right. <laughs> Including um, your bodily fluids. Yeah. Literally. Right. Like, I'm going literally to consume in you. A, in such a like concrete way. I'm going so to that's my you. question is I felt like I saw a lot of sociopathic traits in him too. Did you not do you not so think it's so, a fine like, it's a fine it line is. with him because yeah. it's a fine line with him because if you think about it he didn't at least that we know of from what we saw like I I am giving major spoilers like he put the 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 blade on the side of the bathroom mm-hmm. oh, right yes. he gave Felix the alcohol like right. he did things he ripped out the breathing tube he ripped end. out the breathing tube right like so he so that one I want to hold that one's a little bit different I want to shelve that one for okay. a second but the two that we saw prior to that he he broke them down so much and you'll hear people mm-hmm. you'll hear you're, you'll hear people say this all the time and it's so upsetting to me and i have so many patients that have said this to me over the years he wouldn't technically have been done with me until i killed myself oh god and so if you think about it, they break you down so systematically which is yes they know what they're doing because they break you down so systematically until you hit a point where you have literally no self identity you are a shell and oh. so a lot of times that's where the suicide comes into play. And so it's almost like they're not done with you until they fully can control you. And what's the ultimate form of control? Like death, you right? take your life, right? Without taking your life literally. Right. And so that's what you see. I'm going to make so, you do it. It's it's again, like you're the always contr- the bad one. I'm, I'm going to control. And I'm what, what, how much more fuel could somebody get from saying like, Thinking, I've I've controlled you to the point where I made you kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but right? why does he want that? Why? Because it's the ultimate form of control. Like, listen, you can control what I eat, you can control what I wear, you can control this, but to control whether I choose to live or die, mm-hmm. like that's a shitload of power. But like, I don't want that control. You know? Like, no, well, well, you're not I, a narcissist. Well, okay, well, good. Keep saying it. Keep <laughs> that. But like, I like I don't get that. That's a good thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a good thing. Really- they they look at it as they they are more of a human they are more alive the more power and control that they have. It fills them up. Oh. And so that's what I think I pers- my own opinion we see with we see with um you know with Venetia and with Felix now with the mom. Mm-hmm. The pulling out of the breathing tube to me. I mean that that's that's 
it's interesting because you can look at that from two standpoints. You can look at it as like mercy killing in a way, uh-huh. right? Right. Like, like I don't know if you do it with this such is good flair. for you. Well, okay, so here's where it comes in, right? So you know? We, we know when people are on hospice or people are on life support, and you quote pull the plug or you take them off because there's no there's no brain activity, and even if they did come, like what kind of life, right? Or they'll stop breathing on their own in a couple minutes, and so you give them morphine, you make them comfortable, and you take them off the breathing. So I mean. That's right. Yeah, Unfortunately, we, what happens? Right. And I, as a physician, you know, I have been involved in those situations in the ICU and can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, we don't do that with such flair. No, of course not. No, it's, yeah. it's horrific. It's horrific. No. And so <laughs> it's standing over her, straddling her, you know? So this is the, so this is where the line from empathic care mm-hmm. as a physician <laughs> And, you know, and narcissistic personality disorder and, and, and antisocial personality disorder are kind of, those two things start to blur. And here's why. Technically, he didn't do anything wrong. She was never going to wake up. She was brain dead, most likely. She couldn't breathe on her own. So he did her a favor. He's the good one in this. He always is. Now, if we look at it from the narcissist point of view, look at his behavior that he did. He, yes, he ripped it out with such force. But the thing that bothered me the most in that situation was him burning her on the leg with a cigarette as if she was just an ashtray. She didn't because she's oh, an object. She's missed, an object. It was very subtle. Ugh. And when he straddled her and got on top of her without her ability to consent. Yes. Right. Right. Straddling her literally like this. Right. On top of her pulling out her breathing tube, but yet I'm doing you a favor because you're going to die anyway. So like, why am I torturing you by leaving you in this situation? And pulled it out with such force and such dra- like dramatic. It was a very long tube. Yes, it was. And he did it with such, in his mind, like poetically almost. Mm-hmm. It was the end to his story that he spun. Yes. And it was a dramatic ending. And he was the hero in it. And so yes. that's where the narcissistic personality disorder comes into play is that he – it was the last bit of control and power over that family and he went out in the bang. Like, yeah. You know, and so that's, I think, again, the ultimate form of control. He's like straddling her. She can't move. She's totally defenseless. I have every control over you and I'm going to take the last bit of you. I'm going to take the the life out of you. Your breath. Yeah. Your breath. I'm going to control it. But oh. you can't call me out on it because – and I don't mean like get caught. I mean yeah. morally you can't call me out on it because I'm doing her a favor. He what kind suffering. of life is this? Yeah. She was suffering. Even though so, I'm the one that contributed to her suffering. Right. Her, she had so many accidents. Right? You saw that part. Right. Yeah. And so, but I guess my question is, was this all a long game? Like, did he just want the fortune and he just did this systematically? Or was it like he just kept needing more and more supply mm-hmm. and then just so happened he got the fortune, you know? I don't know. I, it wasn't I think, that planful. I don't think in the very beginning, right? Because he hadn't been to Saltburn yet. So he didn't know right. what he was going to encounter. But I think once he got there... He was very systematic in terms of how yeah. he aligned himself yes. with people and right. split people against each yes. other. And he knew what he was doing. And I think he he had a, yes, once he realized that the mom 
took in these, mm-hmm. quote, strays. He realized he could mask himself as a stray, fly mm-hmm. under the radar, just kind of linger there because they never threw anyone out. Right, right. It right. was a perfect, perfect playground for him. And I think he oh. knew pretty quickly what he could what he could do. And I do think it was the long game. I think he he aligned himself with the mom. And if you saw it, he knew exactly where she, okay, narcissists don't know what they're doing. He purposely went to that coffee shop. And when you see it at the end, he's not even typing anything on his laptop. Yeah. Yes, right. Like, he knew exactly what he was doing. Right. That's the part that's so eerie. But so that's for me where I started thinking, oh, he's a sociopath then. Because he knows what he's doing. He's planning it. He's like getting pleasure. No, so here's the interesting thing. He's not getting pleasure from killing them that's just a means to an end for him that's the difference yes absolutely absolutely what is the end for him why did he cry total power right like if he's you know what i mean because it's like he's not getting off to it if he if he's not getting up to it but think about it what did he do at the grave he didn't just cry he had he like had sex unconsensually right or he fucked power he fucked it I, I, so he's oh. not crying because because he's sad and he's not crying. Notice notice what what Phoenicia said at the end. I saw you crying at his funeral and it made me realize you've only known him for six months. He's crying because he's at a funeral. He must cry so that he yes. looks like he's grieving. He's There's mimicking. No, he's mimicking. Yeah, he's doing what he needs to do. So I I think that. Here's the other thing. With someone who has antisocial personality disorder, right, they're way more impulsive. They're way less plans. They're way more like just killing for the thrill of it and killing because, because like they're sick and twisted about it and they're a murder. I mean, it, this is, this is different. Here's it. Like Dexter, you know, we watched Dexter. Yeah. I haven't like, watched it, but I know. Dexter's a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like De- Dexter gets pleasure yeah, out of does. killing people. I guess and he does end, it in a way that's like you know more right. He was taught he to was be t- right moralistic, right. but he's not. He enjoys it. They took think, his they mm-hmm. took his killing behavior, yeah. and his dad made it so that at least he's not killing good people. Mm-hmm. Well, good people. Yeah. And I guess too the scene with Oliver's parents, mm-hmm. I think, was told us everything we need to know. Right. And so creepy. But it was so good, right? Like they really got it right. The dad just nailed it. I mean, he was they were all they were all so good. I mean, and uh yeah, they were all so good. Aren't you I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but I am always so impressed when writers and people in Hollywood get it so right. Mm -hmm. And like we say There's only a few movies that get it so right. So what I'm curious for you, what are some other ones that get it so right? So I just saw a really good movie, Tar, T-A-R, Tar. with um, Kate okay. Blanchett, where she's um, this orchestra conductor, and it's good. It's a female narcissist. It's absolutely <gasps> freaking phenomenal. You don't see a lot of those. And they nailed it. They nailed the okay. nuances. They nailed it. Um, Tell Me Lies. Who Lose Tell Me Lies? Yes. yes. Yeah, that was one of the shows that got us inspired to start this yes. podcast. So good. Oh, right? Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That oh. one really nailed it. Um, White Oleander. Um, um, this is yes. like an older one. White Oleander with um, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yes. Female narcissist. And then Sleeping with the Enemy. Okay. I'm writing With Julia down. Roberts. That is her husband, textbook narcissist. Um, and then Enough with Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Probably not many people, oh. but 
that is similar to sleeping with the enemy. But I I would start with those because they really nailed it. They really nailed it. And sometimes like with the scene with Oliver, Felix and his parents, sometimes it isn't even the dialogue. It's the body language, the way they look. Yes. The right. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I'm so happy when Hollywood gets it so right. And at the same time, I'm so sad because that means someone who's doing it has this ex- I feel like you have so to have I like experience. I like to believe I, I in my my heart I like to believe <laughs> that they have consulted a psychologist or psychiatrist while they're writing this because I hope ones. so right that's what we always say right yes. like are they okay are they okay <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, or or they're a survivor of narcissism. That's yes. what I mean. Is I feel but like even they are. still, even still, with survivors, and I always say this, I say survivors are like what I I think there's nothing better than survivor stories for somebody oh, to yes. feel like like not alone. But mm-hmm. survivor stories, because they're coming from the person themselves. They are not, they should not be used as a guide for treatment because Mm. treatment protocols are very different than survivor stories. I think both are equally necessary, but they're inherently different. Mm -hmm. And so I just caution people for for, for those. Yeah. I'm really curious, Dr. Z, and I don't know if in your line of work or in your practice now that you're known as such an expert in this field, if people come to you, it's like really clear. They're involved in this dynamic, but I feel like in my own practice, I feel like I just, I feel like nurse, they're just everywhere. Like I see them in the wild. You know, I, I hear about them, like, you know, all my patients, their family members. I'm just like, is, is like, is it everywhere? And at what point when you're treating someone, if you start to suspect it, I feel like I've heard mixed things about like, you have to just walk with your patient as they get there themselves. And then sometimes. Do you mean if you're treating a narcissist? Not the narcissist. I never see. Oh, that. oh, I was gonna say I don't treat that. Yeah, they no, don't. No, no, I don't. No, no. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yeah. someone. So in my field of reproductive. Oh, health, I see what you're saying. Like, do I tell them it's a narcissist? Right, because you haven't evaluated the other person, but like you start hearing the same yeah. story. Oh, well, I tell. Oh, I, t- I tell them. I feel like it's I tell so them. Healing. Like, why would I? Why would I not tell them? That doesn't make any sense because they're coming to me because they're like confused. They feel yes. like they're, it's their fault. Yes. And and, yeah. and 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 even if I'm treating panic, it's panic disorder, and I tell them. This is what you have, panic right. disorder. You right. will, you cannot and will not die from this, which by the way, I posted a question on my stories the other day. And as, mm-hmm. as physicians, like I, I took I all tell of you, them. I- <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you know how many people in mental health got it wrong that you can die from a panic attack? No. I was like, could you imagine being a mental health provider no. or a quote coach? And, and, there it and, is. and, and, there it is. Working with a patient who has a panic attack in your office and you actually think they could die? Could you imagine? The whole part of treating panic disorder is yes. letting them know this you is what you have. Die. You will not die. Right. And so similar to narcissism, I think if as soon as you give somebody, and I know people are like, I don't like labels. And that's fine. But in this particular situation, mm-hmm. as a psychologist, part of the healing journey for somebody who is a narcissistic abuse survivor is giving them a goddamn label. Mm-hmm. And I am not- orient them, right? Yes. yes. You have to ground them in something and, and make them realize this is not their fault. Yeah, and so no, I get you absolutely 100%. Yeah. How I deliver that is different for each yeah. person, obviously. But I am- no, I don't believe in like sugar coating anything mm. 
just to not get them upset. I don't want to get them upset, but I am going to give them information so that they can heal. Am I going to handhold them? Yeah, of course I am. They're devastated, but I'm not going to like beat around the bush and waste their time. And they're not, by the time they come to me, they need a label. Yeah. A hundred percent, especially when they are the victim, right? Because their world is so, they've been gaslit and just, they're in such a tornado of confusion. Yeah. Like the last thing I want to do is not give them the truth. Like that, that's what they need. I think I Oliver's know. parents need to hear that. You know, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I feel the like mom so the dad knows. So, so, so here's like, and here's what's interesting. The dad knows. Mm-hmm. Okay, the mom, I think, is what gives him this golden child complex. He can do no wrong. Yep. There's no consequences for his behavior. I cooked. Yeah. Uh, you know, I baked. I cooked him a cake. You can see. You can see how good I am <laughs> in the kitchen. I cooked him a cake. <laughs> I baked him a cake. I. Did all these things for him, but it's totally okay, sweetheart, if you yes, go. Yes, I, I know. And the dad was like, what? no, it's not. No, it's not. And so I, I think that he probably had very minimal co- – co- mm-hmm. again, this is just you know me guessing. Sure. But I mean he probably had very minimal consequences for mm-hmm. his actions. But also who knows? His dad could be a raging alcoholic and mm-hmm. right. his, you know, how how Oliver developed as a result of, of neglect or abuse. We have no idea. Yeah. Right, we don't know his backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no. I thought one of the, the 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 duo together, which I enjoyed watching the most, was Oliver with Farley. And oh, it was just yeah. like for a while it was the back and forth. Like Farley has the power, it seemed. Oliver doesn't. Oliver has the power, Farley doesn't. Farley has the power, Oliver doesn't. Like back and forth, back and forth until Farley finally, never had Farley Oliver never had the power. Knocks him down. Farley never had the power. <sighs> and Farley was Pamela's son, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Pamela was no. a friend. Pamela's oh, a okay. friend. Okay. okay so okay. Farley, if you Farley never had the power because mm. Oliver knew the whole time what that dynamic was, and the truth is, is when 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 Farley made the comment about a suit, like oh, you almost look appropriate, right? The type of person that Oliver is, there's no way Oliver's going to sit there and take it, like right. Mm. So like Oliver did, he portrayed that he was, quote, taking it to continue with his cover-up. Because if Oliver had done what Oliver really wanted to do, which he's fully capable of doing, he would have blown his cover. Mm-hmm. He had to wait uh, so he had to wait. carefully. He had to play that moment. role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you notice, when you know, the final takedown, right? Think about it. He came into his room in the middle of the night Okay, which is a totally when, – when are you most well, vulnerable? 100%. When you're asleep, right? Right, right. Or when you're in the bath or the shower. Like think about right. the times – or when you're dead. Like think about right. the when times – like, drunk. Or on life when support. You're drunk, or on life support, right? Think about the times he came to these people, right? Right. So he straddles him on again. top of him again without his consent and touches him. <sighs> And that's what you were speaking of before, right? With it's not about like a gender. It's just I'm no, it has nothing to do. It that's matter. a part. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with gender. Nothing. Right. Right. It doesn't matter what you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't matter. It's about control. Right. It's not even about the sex. It's just it's about dominating. Right. It's, yep. It's about dominating, taking your consent with without you giving it. I, and, doesn't and, matter what you are. 
the scene where they're grieving Felix at the, well, they're not, but they are the lunch, right? Where they're like, oh my oh, we're going to have lunch where we need to have lunch. And Venetia's wine oh, glass is falling. Already. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we have to, you know, Why would he's like, my sweet boy, my them. sweet boy, let's go. We need to, it's lunchtime. I was like, yep. Huh? That was, I think, it's so, interesting. Yeah. such a good scene with then Farley, who's like, you know, maybe has some narcissistic traits of being in the rich and famous circle, but is not, stands up and he's like, what are we doing? Like, I don't, yeah. don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. Yeah. Why is he still here? Yeah. Like, he's right. the voice of reason. And Oliver, right, there's his moment. He's like, well, like, you know, you would be saying this or whatever he says, like, since it was your fault, like, you gave him the drugs. And then, right, Farley's out and he's done. Yep. But it's, it's just like... You know, Varley's so desperately wait. trying to pull yeah. off the wool and being like, yes. what's happening here? But here's the thing. When it comes to a narcissist who has mm-hmm. who has affected every single person in their, their their orbit, right? You will never win at a narcissist mm-hmm. game. Yeah, uh, never. Because you, you don't think like one. Right. Right? So you're never going to win. And so the best thing to do is to drop the drop the rope, drop the struggle disengage. and exit the situation, mm-hmm. disengage. Um, but you don't know that unless you are in therapy. You don't know that unless you're educated on the topic, which is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that's what ends up happening. You can't convince people. They don't see them like that. Yeah. And so would you say that Oliver is what we call a malignant narcissist? Or would you say like all narcissists? pathological narcissists are capable of destruction like this. It just might look different given the situation. I don't think he's malignant. Um, I think he's more of a kind of behind the scenes, you know. Like covert. Yeah, but even covert, which I don't even want to get into, it's so complicated. There's Covert doesn't necessarily mean like – for the sake of this, yes. For the sake (laughs) of this, yes. Like this is all people need to know is is that – a covert, they're very good at, you know, and this is again, when I say you really don't think they know what they're doing. So you could, you, as soon as they come home, they're like a total monster to you, screaming, freaking out, abusing you, sexually abusing you, manipulating you, gaslighting you. But at eight o'clock, you have your son's um, back to school night. So after they're done mentally abusing you at 745, you get in the car with them. They drive like a total madman to school. I get out of the car and just turn hey, it on. talking to the parents. Hi, how are you? So good to see you. Oh, we should do dinner one night. Get back in the car, abuse you when you get home. They absolutely would 100% know what they're doing. And so, and, oh. and it's a misconception that the narcissists can't control their anger. They all, they are amazing and very talented at controlling if their anger. Yes. If you have ever been in someone's orbit who turns it on and off like that, it is yeah. the most chilling, chilling, eeriest thing chilling it is so chilling and you'll feel it yeah yeah you'll feel it it, and i feel like you don't notice it unless you happen to catch them you have to catch right like Mm -hmm. they'll turn on the waterworks or whatever it is and then you might catch them a second later fine Fine. it's It's very creepy their pupils get really large and they almost have people say this like reptilian quality. It's very, it's very, it's if scary. you know, it's if you're scary. listening and you've been through and you know, the eyes that I'm sure, you know, like, I mean, you know, and so that's when they become most dangerous. And so I, 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 that scene at dinner was, was really, um, 
it just showed you how over controlled yeah. that family was. And listen, I think part of that is cultural, right? That like, yeah, you know, and, and, and the other piece of it too, is if you think about today, let's say, like, if you think about the influencer world and social media and like, you know, I mean, like, listen, I love Kim Kardashian. I, I love the Kardashians. I've always, I'm like fascinated by them. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know them. I've never met them. Right. Like, what right. do you love about them? Right. And so it is more about like, you're just so like drawn to this, this, this world that they've so created. Like, so what? like it's so, and it's, as a psychologist, it's fascinating because, you know, you're, it's just, and I, what I think is that social media is a playground mm-hmm. for narcissists, right? And it's yes. a playground to get that fuel. But I also simultaneously think it allows for these worlds where people can, can kind of morph into this, like, you know, uh, these celebrities or this celebrity status without necessarily having started as narcissists. That's the thing. It's like, it's like, like I use the Kardashian as a perfect example. It's like, I don't, I think that society like kind of molded it for them in a weird way. Mm -hmm. I think that the life they live is narcissistic in nature. But if you ask me personally, individually, if they are narcissists, if taken out of that world without all that stuff, probably not. Right. Yeah. Truly. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. And I, and I know I, people are going to disagree with me and all that, but, and that's totally that's okay. fine. But I think it's a perfect example of how the world today mm. and social media and easy access to everything creates this, this, this thing. And then they are li- like, you're living in it constantly. Yeah. So you, yeah. it's no wonder you detach from reality. You can't right. help it. Right. I, it's almost right. like not their fault. I, I don't know. It, no, we talked about this a lot in our episodes about Succession. I don't know if you watched that show. It's yeah. so good. I love that um, show. But with the Kardashians too, you know, I find it fascinating to watch their show now. And there's so many siblings. It's really, and of course it's edited, they're producing it, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's just really fascinating to me to see how they've all changed in different yes, ways. Yes, you know? yes, yes. And, you know, and it's just, I really would love to like, do therapy with them. I would love to. You I know? really because I honestly genuinely believe it's a function of the environment that they're is. in. Whereas Kanye, mm-hmm. Kanye is a narcissist. Like mm-hmm. that is you can see like it's just different. And I and again, this is just me having never spoken to any <laughs> of them and just what I see like there's an inherent difference in, in Yeah. There's but then you difference. can see why maybe someone would be attracted to that. Why is someone a moth to someone like mm-hmm. that? Right. Like it's so fascinating, Dr. Yeah. And I, this conversation is coming at such a great time. Um, we had something really exciting happen this week where um, I was a guest on a really fun podcast about the Real Housewives. I don't know if you're Ooh, Real Housewives. Which an, one? Another treasure trove of personality. Are you to... Yeah, it was um, Bitch Sash. Um, oh, I don't know that one. It's uh, it's so fun. Oh, but, it's so um, fun. I love. See, I love. I love that stuff. I know. I love that and stuff. And so we've been so lucky to get a bunch of new listeners. That's and amazing. We were talking about exactly these dynamics at yeah. play in a recent finale, and so I think people are going to just love to hear this. Love. And I think it's such a fine ethical line we try to walk because on the one hand, right, we it's clear like we don't know these people for real. We've never evaluated no. them, so we can't diagnose them, and we're seeing this in our face yes. and like, like, like when you have the victim in front of you, it's yeah. dangerous not to yes. call it what it is. Yes. Like, and because you know, I, I agree. And I, I, I always say, and I preface it with, they're not my patient. 
but majority of the time, narcissistic personality disorders diagnose second hands because they don't come for treatment. Exactly. And so, listen, so I say, here's the thing, whether they're a narcissist or not, their patterns of behavior are extremely unhealthy. Because some, the yeah. other part of it too is sometimes people will, and I see this a lot, try to get as much information as they can on narcissist personalities that are to confirm that their significant other is a narcissist. And I, and I always say, okay, so like if they don't meet full criteria or you're, you're doing it wrong, whatever the case may be, they're still so toxic. So are you yeah, like, it's yeah, almost like, okay, I can stay with them because I don't think they're a narcissist. And that's the danger I think this yes. has been yeah. But, um, but like as far as reality TV, so Bravo, I'll give her a shout on here because I love her. But Bravo and Blaze is one of the podcasts. She talks mm-hmm. all all about, um, you know, her thing now is she was talking about Scandable and the yes. whole Scandable thing. Yes. So I was on talking about that and, oh. you know, and talking about, again, reality TV and narcissism and Tom Sandoval and, and, you know, and again, talking about his behavior is extremely narcissistic, extremely right. narcissistic. Like not textbook different than created because of the world that mm-hmm. the reality TV right. creates. Right. Um, I love that. I love that stuff. I know. Well, I find it fascinating. It's, it's, I it's, too. it's hard to, it's, we love talking about it. Our, our, our followers. That's why when you called, when more. you said, when you wanted to do this, I was like, I love this mm-hmm. stuff so much. Yeah, it's I our favorite. I, I love finding other people who love it too. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause they're, yeah. you're like, am I the only one watching Bravo? Mm-hmm. Turns out no. You know, yeah. Turns out no. Well, Dr. Z, why don't you tell us where we can find you, um, to our listeners. Watching Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> On my couch watching Bravo. Watching weird movies. Though. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, you can find drjamiezuckerman.com is my website and then Instagram, um, Dr. Z psychologist. I post a ton of stuff on there about narcissism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're in Pennsylvania looking for uh, therapy for anxiety and depression, um, the Z group, uh, is on Instagram as well. If you're looking for, um, coaching for narcissistic abuse, then drjamiezuckerman.com. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Well, well thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank yeah. you guys. Would- this was great. Yeah, we would love to have you back to cover one of those other movies someday. I'd love um, to. <laughs> or like, we are like fingers crossed that Tell Me Lies season two is still coming with the yeah, I think and it, everything. I'm, oh. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm okay. pretty sure so it I is. I cannot wait. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, yeah, we love that one. But thank love. you so much. This was such a treat. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. this was so fun. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks All so right. much. We'll catch us next time. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. 
Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.